podcast contains subject matter that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Four imprints, one. One It's time to open the door in your mind. Sit back and listen to true horror. But be careful what you allow in. Because it's time to go through the fog. Today's story is Piles of Candy, posted by user Dark Hero to r slash scary stories. Every town has its legends. A bridge inhabited by a demonic spirit, a lake where a murderer hid and dumped their victims, maybe a forest filled with monsters. Well, my hometown has the Trick Man. The story's been told for years. I'm in my 40s now, but this story's been told since my dad was a kid. There's a huge abandoned house that used to belong to Daniel Burgess, an owner of a textile factory that was booming at the time. Daniel Burgess's business was thriving, and he had all the money he could possibly want. He was always throwing parties at his home. Though his business was growing, it was at the expense of his workers. Countless accidents occurred at his factory, from people getting caught on moving belts to the children that were employed lost their lives while cleaning dusty faults underneath machines. But Daniel didn't care. He had his money and he was able to get the accident swept under the rug. A worker of Daniel's, Jack Murphy, was adjusting a spindle, but it activated and ripped his arm off. He couldn't work anymore, so he was fired a day later while he was in the hospital. Jack was furious. He couldn't provide for himself anymore and was on the verge of homelessness when he decided that he wasn't going to go down alone. One night, a Halloween night, Jack dressed up in dirty work clothes and a bloodied burlap sack over his head. He went to the Burgess house to exact his revenge. Daniel was having a Halloween party that night, reveling in the spooky festivities until Daniel heard a knock from his front door. Daniel Burgess loved having trick-or-treaters over and had prepared the best candies for them. When Daniel went to the front door, he was met with a tall man in dirty clothes with a bloodied burlap sack over his head, holding a large bag of candy. Daniel was taken aback. He didn't expect an adult to be trick-or-treating, but as he reached over to his candy bowl to grab the treats, his hands were shaken with fear and he dropped them. Jack dropped his own bag and removed a sharpened axe. With his one arm, he began to cleave into Daniel Burgess. Jack had gone mad, and it didn't stop there. The guests that Daniel had invited over attempted to flee, but he'd gotten to them too. The house was eventually filled with blood and candy. When the massacre ended, Jack came back to his senses and realized what he'd done. The authorities were outside, and he knew there was no life for him beyond that house, so he rested the axe into the floor, laid this up, and slammed his skull into it. He became known as the Trick Man, who comes at the sound of fallen candy. The house was cleaned up and cleared out. No one had stayed in the home since then. Over the years, it began to rot and decay. It has, and forever will be, abandoned. But... The legend that followed is an interesting one. If you enter the home on Halloween night, you will be able to summon the Trick Man if you spill a bag of candy under the floor. Now, who would be dumb enough to actually want to call an axe-wielding murderer? Well, you could probably guess where this story is going to go. 
Halloween was more than just a night for kids to get dressed up and get candy. It was a night for teenagers to cause some trouble. My friends and I were doing just that, going around the town with toilet paper and spray paint in tow. We sped across the streets on our bikes while drinking beer and screaming Led Zeppelin songs. Our howls echoed through the night with angry adults chasing after us. We didn't care about the consequences of our actions. We were, in the moment, ready to have fun. Alex, Jay, and I were all outcasts at school. We were all going through some shit, so we took it out on everyone else and caused trouble. As an adult, looking back at it now, I'm so embarrassed at how I acted growing up. Especially how that night went down. We were getting bored with our usual shenanigans and decided to take a little smoke break in the woods. Ugh, same shit every year, Jay sighed as he flicked cigarette ashes towards Alex. Well, what else can we do in this shitty town, Alex said. You want to crash the Thompson twins party? No way. Last time we did, my dad really got on to me about that, I answered. Jay laughed. Well, it was your idea to shoot those old bottle rockets in there. We all broke into a raucous laughter at the memory of that night. We were 16, but it felt like the town we lived in was so suffocating. We felt larger than what this place had to offer, and we wanted to do bigger things. It was nearing 10 p.m. The night was still so young. How about we go to that old house? Jay suggested. Let's go ghost hunting. Alex and I chuckled a bit, but on the other hand, it was something we hadn't done before. We all grew up hearing the legend of that particular house, but we never investigated it ourselves. The thought of the thrill of seeing some kind of ghost was too hard to pass up. So we went over to my place to grab some supplies. We snuck past my dad who was watching some horror film on TV and we grabbed some flashlights, half a bottle of whiskey from the pantry, and filled a bag of candy from the bowl for trick-or-treaters. We hopped back onto our bikes and raced through the neighborhood towards the old Burgess house. The street was filled with kids in different costumes with their bags of treats, screams, and laughter. It could be heard no matter where you were, the monster mash echoing from the various house parties. I wish we could have stayed just like that, just enjoyed Halloween. When we got to the bird's house, we stood in amazement at the decrepit home. It's a surprise no one had torn down the old place. It was the epitome of a haunted house. The wood was cracked and warped, paint faded to a gray. The windows were boarded up and grass around it had overgrown. We made our way up to the front door. The wooden steps creaked and groaned with each of our footsteps. We reached the large wooden door and I placed my hands onto the rusted handle and turned it surprised to find the door unlocked and slowly opened it. Trick or treat, I yelled. The front door squealed as I opened it. It sounded like an animal screaming in pain. We were greeted with a foul, stale taste in the air. A mildewed smell filled our nostrils. The years we spent living in this town and this was the first time we'd ever been to this house. The house was even more tore up inside than it was out. We thought it was going to be completely empty, but we found small mounds of candy placed all around the interior of the home. It was a wild sight. It felt like we were looking into some part of history with each different pile of candy. We recognized some brands and wrappers while some of the candy had long since been discontinued. We marveled at the sight of the different colors of candy. Hey, you think some of this stuff is still edible? Alex asked. I gagged at the thought. Ugh, don't even try. Who knows how old some of this shit is? So, we just dropped the candy? Jay looked at me expectantly. That's what the legend says, but who knows? I highly doubt this is gonna go anywhere, I said. Come on, we got nothing to lose then besides the bag of candy, I guess, Alex chuckled. So I flipped my bag upside down and let the candy spill out. Taffy, jawbreakers, sugar daddies, and the sort spilled onto the floor. 
Jay had my dad's whiskey bottle and we passed it around taking large swigs of it as we waited for our ghostly axe murderer. Alex ended up eating one of the old candies and to no one's surprise, felt ill from it. Whoa, no way, check this out! Jay pointed to a spot on the floor. It was a gash on the wood panel, similar to an axe mark. Wow, so awesome! Do you think it's real? Alex asked. I didn't know what to say. Again, we know the legends and the stories, but are any of them true? We waited a moment in the darkness. The moment had turned into an hour and we had finished my dad's whiskey. Jay was snacking on the candy that I'd offer him and we were filled with disappointment. I didn't know what we were expecting, but we ended up wasting an hour of our lives waiting on a ghost. How dumb of us. Alex sat up and dusted his pants off. Well, that was lame. Let's go do something else. Jay got up and was about to follow Alex out the door until we heard a noise echo through the home. It was a loud thump coming from upstairs. Three long and loud thumps. The guys turned pale and stared at me. I couldn't help but smirk at the look on their faces. We stood still for a moment, holding our breaths so we wouldn't make a sound, waiting to hear it. Then it came again. It sounded like the noise was right above us, perhaps in a room upstairs. I couldn't contain my excitement as I whispered, Hey, let's go check it out. Alex and Jay broke out into a cold sweat and both slowly nodded, No, I couldn't believe it. These guys were actually afraid of some stupid story. I wasn't afraid. Maybe if I found something, I could make me into a legend. Part of the story. Here, wait for me. I'll call you guys if I see anything cool, I told them. I carefully walked up to the old wood stairs. I was nervous that they wouldn't support my weight. The wood cried in pain with each of my steps. I turned to look at the guys. Their gaze was fixed on me. I finally made my way to the upper floor and I was met with more piles of candy lying around. I looked down a hallway and it was completely filled with candies. I stepped on a sweetened path, walking towards one of the rooms with my flashlight in hand. It seemed like a bedroom. It was huge and I thought it was going to be empty, but there were more piles of candy lining the walls of the room. Oddly, it comforted me to see people take this legend so seriously, and that we weren't the only stupid ones. There was a window that was boarded up so I couldn't look outside, and underneath there was something stained under the floor. I crouched down to inspect it. The stain was a dark, dried puddle of maroon upon the tarnished wooden floor. I placed my fingers upon it. Could this be where the trick man ended his life by smashing his head onto an axe? That was when I heard the noise again, but it was resonating around me. I saw something flash in my eyes, in my mind. Images of a gruesome sight. An older man covered in blood that wasn't his, sobbing at what he'd done. With his one good arm, he placed the axe onto the floor. The edge facing him, and it shined red. I could hear the sounds of screaming and crying coming from below me. I looked at the man and he, he was smiling. He wasn't crying because of what he'd done. He was crying because he wanted more. My head began to ache. I found myself surrounded by people. Some of them were dressed up as ghouls of some sort, while some had pale makeup on their faces. They were drinking and having a good time. It was a Halloween party. I walked through the crowd, but no one paid me any mind. Everything was vibrant, but also a bit surreal. I didn't belong here. I heard a knock and my eyes followed the noise. I saw a man, the only one not in costume. Rather, he was in a nice business suit. The man opened the front door and was met with a large person dressed in dirty blood splattered coveralls that had a sleeve cut off. A bloody burlap sack hung over his head. The person only had one arm and in his right hand he carried a large white 
bag. The interaction was just as they told in the stories, but seeing it firsthand was horrifying. The well-dressed man was shaking, having dropped a piece of candy. As he crouched down to pick it up, the looming figure had dropped his bag and pulled out a hand axe. It all looked as if it was happening in slow motion as the sharp blade began to strike the man's head. The costumed man was angry. I could feel his anger from across the room as he continued to chop at the corpse beneath him. Blood sprayed out. The wood cracked underneath his weapon and bits of brain splashed into the ceiling. A woman had looked over and saw what was happening. It took her a moment to register what was going on. And right when she was about to scream, her head had fallen off. The axe fell upon the members of the party and I was completely frozen in terror as I watched the gore, limbs, and blood spray everywhere. It seemed as if the deed was done, he had so many victims. He was covered head to toe in crimson. I thought that this was some sort of dream, that he couldn't see me. Until his head slowly cracked and turned my direction. He started to walk. His footsteps were heavy and they squished with each step upon his victim's blood. I started to run. And as I looked around, the bodies, the limbs, the corpses began to distort, like some kind of veil was going over them. The sight of gore turned to piles of candy. They crunched beneath my feet. I felt nauseous. I couldn't discern the sound of bones crunching to the sound of candy wrappers. I ran and I ran with all of my might forward, but it felt like I was going nowhere, whereas he was gaining on me. And I shouted for my friends, Alex, Jay. My voice echoed back at me in a smearing tone. I had nowhere else to go. I kept on running, but I stayed in place. When I started towards the stairs, I was able to go up them, but they felt so long. The steps were filled with fucking candy and I almost slipped on them. I looked down and he was slowly gaining on me. What the fuck was going on? When I finally made it to the top of the steps, I was out of breath and drenched in sweat. I think I got here by touching that puddle. Maybe it's still there, I can find a way back. I darted towards the bedroom door, when suddenly I felt a horrifying pain on my right leg. The sound of metal striking food and the splatter of blood filled my skull. I fell down onto my face, and I looked to see my right leg was gone. My god, it hurt so much. He was unrelenting. He slowly made his way towards me and he began to strike the walls around him with his red stained axe. My god, I was afraid. I was so fucking afraid and I didn't want to die like this. I didn't want to die like them, so I crawled. I crawled with everything that I had. I finally made it to that open door. My salvation when I saw the bedroom was adorned with a fancy dresser and an ornate wood-framed bed. It was completely clean in here. No stained wood to be found. No! No, 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 please no! I turned to see my assailant, who was almost towards me. He took delight in my pain, my fear. He raised his axe high above his head, and he began to strike down on me. I could feel every blow. I heard every crack, every squish, until everything faded to black. Dude, dude, wake up. Hey. I felt someone shaking me. 
and I saw Alex was over me. Jay was right behind it. My vision was blurred. I rubbed my eyes. My face was covered in tears. Hey, you okay? Jay asked. I didn't know how to answer that. What had happened to me? I tried to stand up, but I couldn't get up. Jay and Alex pulled me under their shoulders. I couldn't feel my right leg at all. They dragged me out of that place, that house. My friends pulled me along all the way back to my house. I took one more look at the place and a chill ran through my spine. Everything felt too real. There was no way that was a hallucination. When I got home, my parents saw the rough shape I was in and I explained everything that had happened. My dad wanted to hit me, but he saw I was already pretty fucked up. He didn't believe me when I told him what had happened, but still took me to the hospital. The doctor didn't know what happened. He thought it was psychological, but ever since then, I can't walk on my right leg properly. One day when I was at home, my mom came up to me and she really surprised me. She said that she believed me. She told me she didn't think that I had the gift and always thought I took more from my dad's side. She explained that her side of the family was always sensitive to that sort of stuff. So maybe that night I tapped into something that shouldn't have been tapped into. That would have explained everything I saw and felt that night. The pain, the madness, the fear. Now it's been years since that night. I have a little kid of my own, little girl actually. She's been my little helper holding my hand to keep me steady when I walked down the street around my old neighborhood. My daughter insisted we go to Grandma and Grandpa's house to go trick-or-treating. We went all around the place, and I reminisced about the time I spent here with my friends. Daddy, look! Over there! My daughter screamed with excitement in her princess costume. I looked over to where she was pointing at, and my heart sank. The house. That damn house was still there. I saw it right next to the front door, but she shouted before I could say it. Look! A pile of candy. Through the Fog was recorded by Haptic. Edited by Brad LeBaron, Haptic, and Kevin Caravan. And produced by Flyover State Park. All stories are recorded either with the author's permission or with a Creative Commons share-like license. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find the links to Haptic and Flyover at State Park's link trees down in the show notes. There you can find links to our podcast on other platforms, as well as Twitter and other social media and YouTube links. Redistribution or sale of this podcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of both Haptic and the story authors. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Flyover State Park. You are clear to land.